Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and you are very, very welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. I'm joined by the marvellous, the splendiferous, the phantasmagorical Jade CC. How are you today, Jade? Making me blush, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. I am a new storyteller in the museum been here a few months but this is my first time on the podcast and I am so excited because before I got the job here I used to listen to this podcast all the time so it's a nice full circle moment to be here and what a great story to be reviewing today. So you were the person listening. And we've just come through Halloween we've just finished Halloween and we've now Moved into a uh, November cold and dreary November. Do you like winter, Jade? I do like winter. Yeah, okay. I like. See, my style is more the jumpers and the nice warm baggy stuff. You know, right. I prefer that than the you know the t-shirts and all that. So, yeah, okay. and I love good hot chocolate as well. Oh, so, very um, good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. much a winter person. <laughs> I'm the opposite end of the year now. I I uh, I find uh, find the winter very long and very dreary. I uh, I I love the summer and I love the sun. I love going away to the sun as well, which I haven't done in a very long time. And uh, did you have a nice Halloween? I did. I was here. Oh the, yes, uh, yeah, 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 waking yeah. the dead, which was a huge success. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I got to say it was really good really fun my first time doing anything like that so oh, very good yeah. really enjoyable well it didn't look like your first time and you looked like an old pro so you did <laughs> yeah it was brilliant and uh, i really enjoyed doing it as well i think um i think i can reveal now that uh, i was the corpse you're my husband i was your husband yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, i was the corpse i was the undead person uh what did you think of my corpse abilities Fantastic. Oh, Fantastic. good. Very uh, quirk-like. Yeah, I was doing my best to not look like I was breathing, <laughs> which is quite hard, actually, um, especially when you have to do a bit of screaming and shouting afterwards. Uh, so um, I'd say people got the picture <laughs> that I was coming alive any moment, and they were be they were preparing themselves for the jump. Yeah, the, yeah it was <laughs> it was brilliant, really. And y- your story remind us what your story was about again. I had the dark do. The dark do is right. Nice yeah. vampire story. Yeah. And when I start doing Darkland, I'm definitely going to incorporate that story as well. So if you missed Samhain, you can come along to Darkland in That's a while anyway, hear it again. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and yeah, I was doing uh, Dan Crowley and the Ghost, which you, which you heard from uh, Nisha on the previous podcast. It was, it's a marvellous story in many ways, lots of liveliness, lots of, uh, of movement. And of course, the, the Darug Do story is nice and shocking and uh, discomforts you at the idea of uh, so much uh, blood and tragedy and uh, revenge. Definitely spooky. Yeah. Yours is more uh, lighthearted spooky and mine yeah. was more <laughs> unsettling spooky. <laughs> Good yeah. balance. There's something about uh, Irish folklore that it could make, you know, uh, someone removing the skin from their own body and playing music on their ribs uh, to be lighthearted and fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really good like that. Uh, today's story from Marco Giron, uh, our fearless leader, uh, is the Rathcoffey Puka. Uh, 
Uh, did you know what a puka was before coming here? I knew what a puka was, but I had never heard this story before. I'd only really heard the, the piper and the puka. That was right. kind of my own reference point for a puka story. But um, I really enjoyed this one. I think it's you have an interesting perspective because it was my first time hearing the story. And like you've obviously told the story many times. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you have a different way of telling it. The great thing about puka stories is that a puka can be anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it is a, a shapeshifter and it, it has different reasons for being a puka and becoming a puka and doing things with you in the middle of the night, uh, that it can be all things to all people. Like we have, uh, we have the puka in, uh, in the midwife of Listol, which is really just a, a trusty steed for the tall, dark stranger to bring the midwife uh, to uh, the queen of the fairies and we have the puka, the puka and the piper and the puka is just having a laugh <laughs> yeah. and then there's the, the old the old tradition of uh, that when you came home at 6am smelling a whiskey you told your wife you had been stolen away by the puka because <laughs> uh, uh, puka's, uh, puka's sweat uh, smelt of whiskey and uh, he would carry you away on his back excuse <laughs> a very good excuse yeah i think this is a good story to listen to this time of year as well because something with puka always reminds me of the winter time not yes. sure what it is yeah the kind of um shaggy goats and uh working horses and that kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. I, I get you i get you there was the there was a puka in lachlan castle as well that looked like a monkey with wings some of the pictures because there are illustrations of it and it was marvellous it was like something out of the Wizard Wizard of of Oz Oz. yeah exactly exactly so without any further ado uh, we will launch into the Rath Coffee Puka with Marco Giron There was a time in Ireland when all the landowners were abroad. But their farmhands still worked the land and the servants still worked in the big houses, mostly cooking and cleaning for themselves and providing food for those working on the land. Now while they were all still productive, in the evening when the work was done, the servants in the houses would gather together, they would feed themselves, they would sit and drink and share stories and songs. And on the evenings, when it had gotten darker just a little bit earlier, they'd sit around a huge fire in the kitchen and they'd amuse themselves telling ghost stories. But the bravery was just put on. You see, the thing is, is everyone in the house was avoiding something that was quite obvious. Something that worried them all every night. After they'd gone to bed, they'd hear the banging and clattering of kitchen utensils and the tongs and the bellows, and it'd all be accompanied by a loud laugh. But there was a good side to this mystery. You see, every morning when they'd come down the next day, the place would be spotless. The hearth would be swept out, the kitchen and the scullery were spotless, and the shelves were just filled with spotless delf. They all hoped that someone else had gotten up early, someone who was feeling industrious had gotten in and done the work. Because the alternative, well, the alternative was something a lot more sinister. One night, the storytelling took longer than usual. 
this young scullery boy who couldn't get near enough to the fire. And he, honestly, he didn't understand a lot of the stories that were being told. So he's a little bit bored and he crept underneath the settle bed, covered himself in a rug and he fell fast asleep. No one even noticed. And when the last servant had raked the fire from ashes and put out the lamps and went to bed, the young boy continued sleeping. That was until he was awoken by the sound of the back door opening and he pulled in the rug and he peeped out. In strode this large black donkey with golden eyes and it just closed the door with a flick of his tail. The boy couldn't believe what he was seeing and he thought for a moment that maybe he was dreaming. But the donkey just sauntered over to the fire and sat on his haunches. It looked at the ashes for a while and then it yawned and it spoke. Something that the boy didn't expect at all. I suppose I might as well begin, said the donkey. The boy was terrified. The thoughts that the donkey was going to begin eating him were creeping into his head. But instead it took the poker and it stirred up the fire. Then it placed some turf on it, settled the cauldron on the hook and it fetched some water from the kitchens. <sighs> grunted the donkey. Every night was the same. The bucket was always left empty. So he went off down to the well to fill it. But while the donkey was out of the house, the little boy saw a chance to get himself into a better position. Somewhere he could really see what was going on. So he crept out from beneath the settle and found himself a better hiding space. Of course it wasn't long until the donkey had returned with the cauldron filled and it sat with its back to the boy waiting for the water to boil. The animal began to sing but it stopped suddenly after one verse and it shouted. I suppose you think I can't see you young boy said the donkey and with that it swung around and it grabbed the boy from his hiding spot. He grabbed the boy with his teeth and it held him over the cauldron and the wee boy screamed terrified. Then the puka, for that's what it was, flung him back under the settle where the poor lad's teeth were chattering with fright. The donkey just laughed and in a dance-like motion it just went over back towards the kitchen dusting the shells with its tails as it went and then began to wash the table and sweep the floor. And then when the water in the cauldron bubbled, well... The puka took that to the scullery and the boy heard it laughing even more as it washed and dried all the crockery and put each piece in its proper place. The young lad wondered how the donkey could do so much. But when everything was tidy, the puka raked the fire again and took one last look around. They are going to think that you are an amazing young man, it brayed. And it laughed as it made its way out into the night. The next morning the boy told his story. Some of the maids believed him and others didn't. There was a clever young lady and she suggested that they should do no more washing or ironing or cleaning but leave everything for the puka to look after. They all agreed and they all had a great time lazing about and telling stories. But the next night the scullery boy made sure to be in bed early and the other servants stayed and chatted but before midnight they retired to their rooms and slept. The next morning each one approached the kitchen full of anticipation and the plan had worked. The housework had been done, everything had been attended to and the place was spotless. But you see, as time went on, 
they became lazier and lazier. Some of the servants took to drinking and the, the farmhands started to complain that while the kitchen was spotless, the staff were neglecting their cooking duties. The farmhands weren't being looked after and they weren't being well fed. And if they're not well fed, they can't do their work. Of course, the, the stories made their way to the farmhands and one particular ploughman was very suspicious but intrigued at the same time. So he decided that one night he was going to sneak up to the house and into the kitchen. Waited till everyone had gone to bed and when the puka arrived the ploughman spoke up. You are making the servants here very lazy, sir. Why don't you come out in the daylight for a change? Maybe do a bit of ploughing for us, you know, working in the sunlight with the fresh air. It'd do you an awful lot of good. Oh, but that I could, said the puka. But you see, I have to do all my work in the kitchen and the scullery. The ploughman was confused by this and when he inquired, the puka said, Listen, sit down here and I'll tell you all about it. The donkey and the ploughman sat down together and the puka told his story. You see, when the master of this house was but a baby, I was a servant here. And although I was incredibly lazy, I got nice treatment from the master's father. He gave me shelter, clothing, food, and even a few drinks on occasion. But I was the worst person who's ever worked on this farm or any other. It was actually said that a, a sick sparrow would do more work in a day than I did in my entire lifetime. But you see, when my life was up and I went to pass to the other world, to the good place, well, they wouldn't take me. You see, the she had other plans for me. They wanted to add to my shame and they wanted me to appear in the form of a derided beast, the donkey, as you see me now. And my punishment was to take on all the chores I had neglected while I was alive. And the thing was, I had to be cheerful while doing it. That's why I laugh and I sing and I dance about while I do my work. And when my work's done, I have to head out into the night no matter how cold and how rainy it is, and stand in the fairy wrath until morning. And they find some more work for me to do. So you see, my good man, I cannot do your work for you. I must slave away here each night and laugh at my own misery. It was a sad tale indeed, but the ploughman was just as sad for himself, for he'd have to continue doing his own work. But the ploughman wasn't the only one listening to the story that night. A young servant girl had been listening on the stairs. She'd crept down and overheard everything. So she came into the kitchen, carrying her best red woolen coat. You've been so good to us, sir, she said to the puka. I want you to take this coat and I wanted to keep you warm on those dark, cold nights. And then the girl and the ploughman helped the animal into the coat. They stuck the front two legs into the arms and buttoned the garment underneath its tummy as if it were a human. Oh, said the puka. Give me a mirror until I see myself, said the donkey. They did this and the puka laughed even louder. There has never been such a powerful laugh heard in all of Ireland. It danced around the place and its dance-like steps took it closer and closer towards the kitchen door. 
and then it lifted the latch and was slipping out into the night. But wait, wait, said, said the servant girl. What about the washing and the cleaning? You haven't attended to that. And I won't be. Not tonight and never again because now I'm free. You see, my punishment was to last until someone appreciated my labour, my hard work. And appreciated enough to give me a reward. And you've just done that. And I can't thank you enough, but I am free from my obligation, from the fairies and from my pledge. My soul is saved and I will depart this earth forever. And the puka turned and galloped out into the night. They could hear its hooves and they could hear its laughter. But as it faded into the distance, it was never heard again. It was never seen again. And it was finally at peace. Well, that was marvellous. What what a picture painted for us uh, by Mark there. Good Lord. It's, it, it's still tough. I'm still wrapping my head around it, uh, really. Uh, <laughs> it's, got, it's got everything in it. Uh, this, idea, I, this idea that someone who was very... Like, I'm thinking, I'm quite lazy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think I had a teacher that spoiled me because I had a teacher who used to say that laziness was a sign of intelligence. <laughs> uh, I maybe she was being sarcastic. I don't know. Um, she used to say laziness was a sign of intelligence. So I kind of feel for the puka as very lazy in life and then punished uh, in the afterlife to be a puka working very hard and very diligently. I was thinking uh, of my. My brother the whole time because he's very lazy. So I think I'm going to get him to listen to this episode. <laughs> Maybe it'll spook him a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, and it's done the way Mark is. It's not very preachy either, Mark's not a preachy storyteller, I suppose. But it's it's not like the puka is just kind of carefree in its in its uh, in its punishment. It's like not going, oh, woe is me. I've been punished for mm-hmm. forever. Uh, to clean this kitchen it's going I was a servant now I'm a servant again and I'm working and I will be free when someone uh, breaks the curse it was brilliant and tell me this um, are pukas usually somebody that's died and then they get changed into a puka or sometimes is it just like a she creature sometimes it's just a she creature as with uh, as with many origins in Ireland it's tough to pin pin down where things come from mm-hmm. you know um sometimes it's very much a she horse like in the story the midwife of Listole again it's a definitely a she creature that is being used and I think in Darby O'Gill and the little people as well mm-hmm. in that movie the puka there I think is not a dead person yeah yeah um, but and the banshee as well people think oh that's a dead person but that's uh, the name literally means ban on she woman of the fairy mm-hmm. so that's a that's an undead fairy person but like often it's tough to uh, pinpoint exactly where uh, the fairy person starts and the human begins because they're so like us in some ways mm-hmm. that's um, the great thing about it kind yeah. of mysterious that way yeah the mystery is is very important in in, in Irish folklore. 
Yeah, because sometimes I get people on my tours and they're, they're looking for a lot of context behind the stories, but like I think that's what the good thing is. You know, you only get what's presented to you in the story. There isn't always a lot of backstory or, you know, after information or surrounding information. You just kind of have to take the story for what it is. Like, you can make the argument that it's all based on our ancient religion, mm-hmm. you know, that it's all coming from our ancient gods and goddesses, but it's not quite that simple either. It's sometimes that's just the easy answer uh because uh, it's i i sometimes say that the leprechaun is based on on lu law father but uh, like lu was a god from 1600 years ago mm-hmm. so the leprechaun has undergone lots of changes mm-hmm. in that 1600 years so it is it, it is as much the things that it became in the 1600 years since than in the gods that it was beforehand. I think the same is true of the Puka. There might be some origin story back in our ancient religion. I've never heard it, and maybe it's lost for all time. Uh, but there's, it's also the things that it has become in the Christian world too. Hmm. Sorry, I got up in my soapbox <laughs> there and started talking. No, it was good, it was good. But the whole time, I don't know about you, when I was listening to the story, I was just imagining the donkey from Shrek. Which uh, <laughs> made it a little bit less spooky, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he sounds like, great crack, I don't want to be friends with him. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I like the image of uh, dusting the shelves with his tail. That was brilliant. <laughs> and uh, the, the donkey is strangely dexterous for a donkey, though. Washing the dishes and drying them, putting them away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. had opposable thumbs yeah. on his hooves. <laughs> And when the child is under the settle, obviously the settle is a type of bed, but when the the when the when the child is under the settle watching the puka, I thought of you know the the cornflakes ad from Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> where, Santa. The, where the child is watching Santa. <laughs> it's it was a little bit like that for me. Yeah. Uh, I love the image of the donkey wearing the jacket as well, wearing Where, the coat. I thought that was great. Where did they find a coat that had fit a donkey? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, there were a lot of donkeys back home. Um, uh, there was a donkey that lived on Carrig Island that uh, was kind of semi-wild as well and needed his toenails clipped because they'd gotten too long but they're they're great animals like they they're very they're full of expression and mm-hmm. uh personality they have a personality of a dog which is great yeah <laughs> yeah and they they want to be close to you and to to, to get to know you yeah if there's going to be an animal that's going to help you with your chores it probably would be a donkey yeah. i don't know what it is about the uh, the breeding of donkeys but they don't have the same kind of skittishness as a horse mm-hmm. you know a horse you look at it funny and it, it legs it whereas the donkeys just uh, just sitting uh, sitting there you know the a bomb could go off and the donkey would continue munching <laughs> away yeah you know it's they're they're great and the big yellow teeth on them as they <laughs> <laughs> laugh at you yeah uh, yeah, donkeys hee haws the sound they always sound like laughter. So I'm kinda not surprised that uh a shapeshifter like the Puka would, would go around as a donkey. Yeah, and it said it was the most powerful laugh they'd ever heard as well. So uh, I can imagine that donkey laugh. <laughs> and um 
do have you encountered many donkeys in life well we used to back years and years ago in Malahide we had two kind of I guess they're kind of like community donkeys. I don't know who owned them, but they were right in the center of the village and they're called right. Salt and Pepper. Right. They were known by everybody and they're very friendly donkeys and all that. So oh, whenever wow. I think of donkeys, I always remember them. There'd be lots of paintings of Malahide and stuff that they'd be featured in. They were wow. great. Salt and Pepper. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And um, the, the people of Malahide, do they kind of collectively take care of the donkeys? Not sure who took care of them, but uh, they're always looked after anyway, and <laughs> loved by everyone. <laughs> fed and, and clipped and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, donkeys, uh, poor things. They need to be regularly uh, trimmed and uh, their toenails clipped to be healthy and happy. Yeah. When you're telling this story, hey, do you tell it differently than Mark? Because I'm always interested to see how different storytellers here adapt their stories to like their own style. Um, I don't know. Um. Uh, I think uh, Mark is great for painting uh, an image in in detail that is quite uh, precise and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, maybe depend on my physicality a bit more, mm-hmm. so I would be uh, maybe hopping around the place a bit <laughs> more. Yeah, yeah, a bit more telling my story version of it. Um, he has a great podcast voice. He does, he does, <laughs> very clear. And, um, whereas, uh, yeah, I, uh, I would, uh, I would have hammed it up for the, for the, for the donkey's voice as well. You yeah. Know, if, uh, you know, the, it's very, very beautifully told story, but yeah, uh, my donkey, you know, in storytelling, you don't have to do a funny voice, but sometimes it is appropriate mm-hmm. yeah, to do a funny voice. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. great for your voices. <laughs> <laughs> I love your leprechaun voice in particular. Oh, <laughs> You're doing thank red you. socks. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's uh, marvellous, really. And the, the, the idea of travelling by puka is, is very common in the, in the folk tales as well in the Piper and the Puka taking you up to the top of the mountain on their back yeah I was expecting the donkey to like take the boy away no but the, but the image of grabbing him by the uh, grabbing him I just imagine now the, the child probably didn't have pajamas in those days but uh, I just imagined you know picking <laughs> catching the child by the pajamas yeah and, the scruff uh, of the neck yeah pucking him under the under the under the under the settle that's a that's a marvelous image there's a nice heartwarming ending as well like the puka is finally free because finally she's shown a shred of kindness but the poor girl who now has to explain to the rest of the lazy people <laughs> in the house that, uh, our golden ticket is has left and it's all my fault but i think there was something it's it's very human to go especially i think with housework is uh, it is very easy to fall into the uh, slump or the rut of someone else is doing it <laughs> what's your favorite chore to do and your least favorite chore uh da, 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 good question uh, my least favorite chore to do is the toilet mm. i hate the bathroom and the toilet uh, alan usually feels that one for me <laughs> Uh, he's very good like that uh, I have to chip in obviously uh, but yeah the, the bathroom is my least favourite chore um, I could I could happily put on an audiobook or a podcast and do the washing or the ironing 
Mm. No, but no problem. Ironing in particular, I find you know you can have the television, or you can have an audiobook or a podcast on, and you just the hours and the minutes melt away, and it becomes very automatic mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody's listening to this podcast right now while doing their ironing. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Someone's scrubbing their toilets listening to this, perhaps. Or maybe they're lazing in the bath and someone else is doing the <laughs> doing the housework. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're more like the puka. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And uh, the, the, the thing about uh, a housework I find as well is that it's all about compromise, you know. Mm-hmm. It's about going... Yeah, I'll I'll do that today, and you'll do that tomorrow, and uh, not expecting everybody one person to do everything, and that was the problem in the house was that they were expecting the puka to do everything, and now their life has fallen asunder, yeah. uh, because the the puka is gone, and they're going to have to start doing their own work. Maybe if I give my mom a jacket for Christmas, she'll magically vanish away. <laughs> 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 <Don't>, no, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'd be interested to hear the arguments in the house after the puka is gone. Yeah, you know about uh, no, you're making the dinner, so no, I'm making the dinner, so you're doing the dishes, you know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting to me. I'd like to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. <laughs> That's what I like about these stories. Like I like thinking of my own kind of like conclusion or like what's gonna happen next, rather yeah. than it being like being able to be found somewhere. You know, sometimes That's it's more true. interesting. That's true. Uh, the puka is a kind of a dark fairy creature. Is it your favorite dark fairy creature, or do you have a, another one? I like the marrow. I'm not sure yeah. if the marrow is too dark, you know. Um, right. But uh, I just I loved something about the sea is very mysterious and creepy to me. Yeah. Um, so I I tend to lean towards creatures that are in the sea yes yeah, the, the idea that we know more about the surface of the moon than mm-hmm. the bottom of the sea yeah is is great uh, is well not great it's it, it <laughs> leads to the to the mystery of it doesn't it yeah. and the male the male marrow are quite dark this idea of a hideous creature mm-hmm. that uh, is also an alcoholic uh, and collects uh, souls at the bottom of the sea is uh, yeah is rough <laughs> and having to go down to the bottom of the sea to save the, the souls of all the drowned people kept in the cages yeah it's, oh, spooky. that is spooky isn't it yeah, yeah yeah whereas i feel like the the puka stories tend to be more like light-hearted and just kind of funny whereas like yeah. the arrows are very either scary or very sad <laughs> <laughs> mind you if you were picked up by a donkey on your way home late at night who started <laughs> ta- who started talking to you you would be quite creeped out he's like what was in the pint that i just drank <laughs> oh yeah it's um it's so weird um i'm always fascinated by the dullahan as well the dullahan the, the headless horseman mm-hmm. who has the the but the dullahan stories with the the horse the horse is also headless oh. so that's that's a bit weird and the horse uh f- the head follows the the coach so you have the dullahan's coach he's sitting up in the cab obviously and you have the the four horses in the team but they've no heads and their heads follow the coach behind like floating yeah oh. <laughs> so that, that that's weird i think i think wow um yeah that's uh it was a real pleasure talking to you today 
Yeah, I absolutely loved it. No yeah. better person to be on the first podcast yeah. with. Hopefully, yeah. it'll be the first time of many. Hopefully, now uh, you're with us. Uh, you're with us a, a couple of months now, and you've already done a show. You've done a podcast. You're doing some stellar tours that everyone is raving about you on, Nani. <laughs> so I, I'll uh, be on the newsletter too. So if you haven't subscribed, to check it out. <laughs> yeah, look uh, look out for uh, Jade's uh, book reviews. Uh, like many of the staff here, uh, uh, Jade is very is nice and bookish, which yeah. we, which we like, and uh, yeah. I love history and I love books, so I feel like folklore is a great mixture of like fact and fiction. You know, oh There's yes, some history yeah. behind it, but then it's also just like very like fun and kind of you know takes you to another place, which I love about it. And it gives you a window on the uh, on the personalities of the people in history more mm-hmm. sometimes than a uh, just a simple accounting of events would do yeah you know if i think if you told like if you told a basic history of uh the irish people in the 19th century it's, it's quite sad it's quite dark it's quite grim but then you are reminded when you read the the puka stories that they knew how to have a bit of fun too and that they they liked music and song and storytelling and uh, the surreal and the absurd as much as we do yeah so I think yeah you're right that uh, folklore is a nice blend of fact and fiction gives you another uh, another perspective on, on people's personalities Now, ladies and gentlemen, it was delightful to talk to you today about the Rath Coffee uh, Puka and to hear the story from Marco Giron. I was Paddy. I was joined by the lovely JCC. <laughs> and uh, this was the National Leprechaun Museum's Talking Stories podcast. Bye. Bye, interwebs. <laughs>